You know, my doctor friends always roll their eyes at all the doctor shows on TV. And they would say, everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong, which I think describes every episode of VR. But there's really only a couple of shows that we theater people can watch and love and roll our eyes at. And arguably the greatest one of those is Slings and Arrows, a Canadian show. And I'm here today to discuss it with my old friend. Well, he's not that old, but anyway, he's a friend of longstanding, Howard Sherman. I am a diehard, avid, beloved fan of Slings and Arrows, and I already want to argue with you. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 587 Slings and Arrows. There are two new shows coming to American television about theater. Rise on NBC about a high school theater program. It premiered last week, I think. And Barry, a show premiering on HBO this Sunday, which is created, written, and directed by and stars Bill Hader about a hitman who winds up in an acting class in L.A. Both of these shows give me the perfect opportunity to fulfill a request that many podcast listeners have emailed me about, which is to talk about what is arguably the greatest TV show ever broadcast about the theater, Slings and Arrows. Joining me for this conversation is Howard Sherman, the former executive director of the American Theater Wing, the founder of the Arts Integrity Initiative at the New School in New York City, and the current director of communications and education for the Stage Directors and Choreographers Society. But today, he's speaking to me in his unofficial capacity as theater advocate, enthusiast, proselytizer, and raconteur, and as is often the case, taking issue with something I said. I don't think you watch Slings and Arrows and roll your eyes at the show or even how the show is plotted. You may roll your eyes because you're amused by the characters, but part of what's so extraordinary about Slings and Arrows is that it is a comedy, yet it is a comedy in which everything is absolutely recognizable from theater, even though it's Canadian theater and we're Americans, it's the same. Oh, it's the same. I'm pretentious artists are pretentious artists the world over. But I would, I roll my eyes at Mark McKinney's character, the managing director of the New Burbage Festival. He's incompetent. I think he may be punching above his weight, <laughs> but as somebody who has spent his career as a theater administrator, mm -hmm. I may have more insight into the challenge that you than you do, Austin. That's uh, that's 100% true. All I know is that I don't know how long he lasts. All you know is that the check's clear, and that's what you want to know about theater administration. I used to be in theater administration. Again, like, like New Virgin, this is also recognizable, where five, three people are doing the work of 10 or 15. Yeah, no, what, what's so extraordinary about Slings and Arrows is that it is simultaneously a fairly good picture of what it's like to be at a theater company and a wonderful, gentle send-up of what it is to be in the theater. Mm -hmm. Because there are all of these not fall on the floor funny moments, but there's there there's these really witty 
things happening. And yes, there's a few things in it that are broad. The mm-hmm. the character of Darren Nichols, the director, is yeah. is 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 fairly over the top. But but we've met those people. We certainly have. And if I had to put slings and arrows up against Smash for, for authenticity, yeah. I would take I would take slings and arrows first. Absolutely, and Smash. Uh, I pulled muscles rolling eyes watching well, Smash. I mean, Smash set out to be a different thing, and I don't want to beat up on Smash right. because Smash was also on an American TV network that had different mm-hmm. uh, desires and needs for what it thought should be happening, mm-hmm. and and Slings and Arrows was this small Canadian show. It had six shows per season of, of 45 minutes each, and there's only three seasons. It didn't set itself out to try to be a 12 or 22 episode uh American Network behemoth. Yeah. Behemoth, yeah. Exactly. Um, well, uh, well and, and, and the setting of it couldn't be more perfect. If you haven't watched it and you're a fan of, of, of us, the Reduced Shakespeare Company, or even just Shakespeare, the show is right in your wheelhouse because it's loosely, gently based on the Stratford Festival in Ontario, Canada. Um, um, uh, and, and each of the three seasons sort of, not doesn't mirror, but sort of echoes, resonates with a specific um, Shakespeare play. The first season is Hamlet, the second season uh, deals with the Scottish play, and the third season deals with King Lear. And the modern echoes they find to these classic works, as they are attempting to stage those classic works and others, uh, are, are very cool. Well, what's what's great about it, and this is where I go back to the core of it, for all of the things which may be silly or broad or funny, um, the actual Shakespeare work mm-hmm. is pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, the, when they actually get down to the work in rehearsal, the conversations are fascinating. The conversations in rehearsal, the scenes of performance, mm-hmm. um, with that, I don't want to give too much away, but I will say that the segments of Lear in the third season are extraordinarily moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just really, and, and in part because the actor who plays the role um, was going to play Lear at the Stratford Festival about that time, but was of such an age and infirm that, that he was not able to do it. So this became his his final chance to play a bit of Lear, and it's it's really, really great. And it makes you wish you'd, he had been able to do it on stage, the whole thing. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, William Hutt was one of the yeah. great actors of, of the Canadian stage, and speaking as an American who's been largely ignorant of Canadian theatre, one of the other things that's so fantastic about the show is that, especially at the time it was made, you knew really nobody in the show except Mark McKinney from the Kids in the Hall, which had made its way down here. There was a completely unknown actress, absolutely lovely, named Rachel McAdams, who's featured in the first season, who went on to Hollywood fame and fortune. And, you know, it's just this, it's it's an incredible discovery every step of the way. Um, it had begun airing before The Drowsy Chaperone came to Broadway, and and Bob Martin, who um, was one of the writers of Drowsy Chaperone, is one of the three creators mm-hmm. of the show. 
So it it's just that it's it's now almost a time capsule yeah. where you where you see all of these artists who in some cases have now had cross-border success yeah. that didn't exist back when they first did it. Well, and you mentioned we both mentioned Mark McKinney, one of the creators, one of the kids in the hall. He uh, well, he is one of the creators of of this show. Um, I guess he's now in that NBC sitcom Superstore. I I think I don't watch it. NBC. If you say so. Yes. Okay. Um, but and it's also had for me the familiar face was Paul Gross, who's the sort of arguably the lead um, as a as a as a theater director who's had a mental break down or two. Um, he was in a lovely show, that, a lovely, gentle, quiet show called Due South on CBS, where he played an incredibly polite Canadian Mountie. Well, he essentially was playing Dudley Do-Right. Yes, yes, yes. In Chicago. Yes. In Chicago. I think yes. it was actually a Canadian series that CBS picked up and okay. it ran at odd times when they had to fill the schedule. But again, you know, Stephen We Met, who's yes. one of the leads in this series, Stephen We Met had not appeared on American stages before he did that. And of course he did Bob Falls' production of um, The Iceman Cometh and he with Brian Denny. And he was in La Bette. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, and he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I talked to Brian about that production and 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 he was talking about Stephen. Um, yeah, the two of them were great together. I think they've done gone to, I think Brian went up and did um, Twelfth Night at the Stratford Festival with Stephen. Um, as Sir Toby and Sir Andrew, which uh, had to have been a great, great, great combination. Hi, this is Ellen Margolis, Chair of Theatre and Dance at Pacific University in Oregon, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? This Saturday night on March 24th, we are doing one performance of the Bible, the complete word of God abridged at the Collins Center for the Arts at the University of Maine in Orono. Do you have your tickets and flights? You really need to see this one because as I said last week, it's the first time Reed, Dominic, and I have done the Bible show in about 10 years and God only knows what's going to happen. After that, we have performances of Long Lost Shakes, which we know cold, in Hayes, Kansas, Indianapolis, Indiana, and La Crosse in Madison, Wisconsin in April. And then we'll close Pittsburgh Public Theater season, performing Long Lost Shakes for four and a half weeks from May 31st to July 1st, 2018. Pop-Up Shakespeare is on sale worldwide. And as always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Howard Sherman about Slings and Arrows, the greatest TV show about theater ever created, at least so far. It's fun to see our our business depicted on screen. When the show first aired in the U.S., I think it was 2004, it was on the Sundance Channel, which wasn't widely carried. Yeah, right. It premiered in August. I happened to see an item about it and watched it. And to my knowledge at that time, no one else watched it. I literally started mentioning it to people and they're like, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this. Ten minutes into the first scene, into the first episode, Mark McKinney starts having a conversation with a corporate sponsor. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I've never seen my life on stage before. I maybe saw it two years later when it came on DVD, uh, about 2006. And 
So I came to it a little bit late, and I barely made it through the first season because I found it so painful <laughs> because it was a little because they captured it so well and so accurately the 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 backstage uh, drama and crises of finding funding of putting a season together of dealing with insane directors it all hit really close to home for me and it was a little uncomfortable to watch it was just it wasn't not uncomfortable it wasn't fun because it was like oh god this reminds me of too many of uh, too uh, of too many years of my previous job at American Stage Festival which which happened which encountered many of these same uh, crises it is it's it's got to be a fairly universal show yeah. i shared it with some friends in england who were just totally taken by it. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea about other languages and, and countries. But it's, I mean, it's funny. I'm, I'm being very serious sort of about, about <laughs> such, such a sweet, funny show because it means so much to me. I mean, I said this the first time I met Bob Martin, and I mean this, and I mean this to this day. I think it's probably, for me, the, the, it was the best TV show I'd seen since The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, the Sopranos, through the brilliance of its writing, not because of anything I associated with, and, and Slings and Arrows simply because portrayals of theater are so often exaggerated cruelly, yeah. and in this case they were exaggerated only with the most profound understanding and affection. Yeah. I mean, let's remember that it preceded Smash by a number of years since since you alluded to Smash. You know, before that, what did we get? We got the Charles Shaughnessy character on The Nanny was a Broadway producer. Um, <laughs> if, if you say so. <laughs> I, I do say so, and, and, and I'm correct. I never um, saw it. It's, and, and now, I was just looking at this, there's actually a few other series about theater or about school theater. We have Rod coming on. Right. I don't know when you're going to air this, but Rise starts uh, in a week. Um, there's a couple of series on Netflix. One's called, I don't know how to pronounce it, Hjordis, uh, about a drama teacher. Um, there's a new series coming on HBO about Bill Hader as a hitman who gets caught up in the L.A. small theater scene <laughs> called Barry. But but. I, I can't help but think that Slings and Arrows will always hold a special place for its incredible mixture of just superb, exquisite wit and, and wisdom. And again, not to give anything away, but, but for those who are familiar with a certain Canadian theater festival, <laughs> uh, there are aspects of the way um, things wrap up on Slings and Arrows that aren't so far away from the way things went at that festival. Interesting, interesting. Um, yes, you're right. And yes, and for what you're saying, the acting is superb. I mean, it's it's not over. I mean, sometimes it's over the top, but it's all very all, all very grounded. Um, um, it, it, there are some ridiculous situations played absolutely straight. Um, there are some supernatural elements also played absolutely. Absolutely straight, and um, uh, and one of the things I love is that it was the first season had, has a plot line inspired by the fact that the Stratford Festival invited Keanu Reeves up to play Hamlet, 
Keanu Reeves did a Hamlet, but it wasn't at the Stratford Festival. Oh, it was in like Winnipeg. Okay, all right, all right. Some so so another Canadian professional company invited Keanu Reeves up to come to play a serious Shakespearean role. In Slings and Arrows in the first season, there is a movie star who is brought up, and he is he feels as if he is so out of his element. And the way the way that he integrates into the festival is is kind of charming but also very inspiring in a certain way and 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 as i'm rewatching the series i'm googling and imdbing various people and i'm going well who, i wonder whatever happened to that guy who played the movie star who comes in well he's in the marvelous mrs Maisel right now yeah. he's playing uh, he's playing um what's his um, lenny bruce He's playing Lenny Bruce and doing a really great job, which would be a, a very tough assignment. Um, uh, and of course, Rachel McAdams went on to be a mean girl and so many other things. Um, uh, it's just, it's just wonderful not only to see the show again after all this time, but to see all these people before we knew them in other uh, situations. Yeah, actually, and I should say, you know, I, I neglected to mention Don McKellar as Darren Nichols. Don McKellar actually, um, for people who follow independent film was certainly known before in in the US before the series came because some of his films had been released here he must have been because he gets an and Don McKellar credit I didn't know who he was but that doesn't that says more about me yeah, than no he he's he's was hugely successful with right. with indie films and and to be playing such an outrageous flamboyant character when he's obviously been so successful yeah. at at pursuing his own art yeah. is is really interesting but you know i have to say i've i've been working professionally in theater since i was a college student and one day i uh i was online at the much lamented uh Edison Cafe, and I turned around, and and there were literally right behind me in line, Paul Gross and Martha Burns, and that is one of my true fanboy moments, where I just and they didn't anticipate being recognized, and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I just I just have to tell you what an incredible fan I am, and just proceeded to just froth at the mouth with excitement and that's not my usual <laughs> mode with people I mean you know and they were perfectly lovely and we had a nice chat I mean yeah. once they seemed fairly convinced I wasn't a stalker yeah you know, I was there for chicken soup it was not it was not a threatening situation but um yeah it's I, I anybody anybody who works in theater must know it. I mean, there are there are these there are, there are certainly other works of fiction that people in theater must know. They must know Waiting for Guffman, for yeah, example, right, 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 um, right. because you want to be able to tell those jokes. I'm not sure they're the same punchlines that you can trade with people in Slings and Arrows, but it is. It's it's. Uh, I don't want to gender this, but it's like one of the, it's a fraternity or sorority, you know, it is a club. It's a brotherhood, a sisterhood. <laughs> no, you're, you played right back into what I was trying to avoid. Thank right. you. It is a club yeah. that that I really urge people to join yeah. because I think they'll be very happy. And we should say, inexplicably, the whole show is now available for free in high-quality video on YouTube. Yeah. So whereas I treasure my box set of DVDs, that's because I'm old and I need physical media. Um, it's there for the taking. 
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. I'll post a link to Slings and Arrows on YouTube so you can dive right in. Then you can send us your favorite show about theater via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener and the RSCs on Instagram too now at Reduced Shakespeare Company. You can also follow Howard Sherman on Twitter and Instagram at H.E. Sherman. Thanks as always to over-the-top theater diva Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Karen Hawkins. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Ellen Margolis, Chair of Theater and Dance at Pacific University in Oregon. Thanks also to all of you who emailed me requesting a podcast devoted to Slings and Arrows. Thanks to Howard Sherman for the conversation. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 587-1761sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. We made passing reference to Smash, the late lamented show on on NBC, which uh, my wife and daughter stuck with a lot longer than I did. But like Slings and Arrows, it gave work and visibility to so many great theater actors, and I loved that. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, Smash was a great opportunity for theater people in New York to be seen. And and again, you can go look at Smash, and some of those people were well-known already in theater, but had never been in film or television. Some of those people were not as well-known and and have become much more so. Anytime we get to see ourselves represented, which we don't get to see as often as police or lawyers, (laughs) or once upon a time, cowboys, it's there there's something affirming about it as long as it doesn't make us look ridiculous or more ridiculous than normal <laughs> i forget who i'm speaking to yeah. yes this podcast is a production of the reduce shakespeare company reducing expectations since 1981 go to reduce for performance dates actor bios email newsletters and so much less so much less so much less